Hi everybody, my name is Lance and Arenas. Thanks for listening to episode 174 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B, Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. Father, thank you for this time that we can do another podcast. I pray that it would be a benefit to the folks that are listening and a glorification to you. Help us to honor you in your scriptures and help us discuss uh, that which is important and um, the current events as far as that goes help us to uh, stay biblical and uh, positive in those things as you um, direct all our ways and you are the ruler of your universe the creator and the sovereign over all things and uh, we thank you that you have given us your mercy and your grace and uh, when we didn't deserve it. Thank you, Father. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. My brother, how are you? I'm doing good, brother. But I'm busier than Bruce Lee in, in a kicking contest. <laughs> That's busy. <laughs> yeah, busy. Oh, you just you just texted me and just rolled in. <laughs> Hey, that's okay, because uh, we know we're in connection when we know I'm just going to log in, you know, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> got, that, got that thing going on, right? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, we got some royal news before we even jump on anything else. Yeah, go ahead. So today, the queen died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon. The king and the queen consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. The queen, whom is Elizabeth Alexandra Mary, uh, was born May 29, 1926. She was third in line for the crown behind her uncle, King Edward VII, and her father, King George VI. She became the heir priest. Sumptive in 1936, after King Edward VII abdicated from the throne. November 20th, 1947, Queen Elizabeth, still a princess at this time, married His Royal Highness Prince Philip, Duke of Edinburgh. Less than five years later, King George VI would die of lung cancer, allowing Elizabeth to ascend to the throne, reigning for 70 years. Queen Elizabeth is the longest-sitting monarch in British history. Known for her devotion to the crown and the people of England, Her Majesty famously said on her 21st birthday, I declare before you all that my whole life, whether it be long or short, shall be devoted to your service. She was 96 years old, brother. It's a long life. That is a long life, isn't it? Yeah, that's pretty good. Did you know that the human body is designed as far as a normal lifespan to be 120 years? 
Wow, 120 years. The reason we don't live that long is because we are malnourished concerning minerals mm-hmm. in our body. <clears throat> and it's because our soul has depleted from minerals. Mm-hmm. And our tank starts going low on the minerals that the body needs to keep itself balanced and running right. And uh, that causes a lot of the diseases that we have. And um, the only way to replenish that is through products that replenish the minerals. There's 60 different minerals you need in your body, brother. Wow. That is a lot. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So you can't just take one and and expect it to be okay. (laughs) Right. There's 60 different minerals. Man. I'm going to recommend a a website for everybody, anybody listening. It's called Rise Up in Health. Rise up in health. Rise up in health. You'll it, it and if you just look at that website, um, now they'll charge you twenty dollars a month for the information, but you get a real education on mm-hmm. the human body and on what you need to do to stay healthy. I, it's amazing. It, it's I'm not we're not getting anything for this, folks. I'm just I'm just it's something I'm using. And benefiting from greatly. So I just thought I'd throw it out there to, for the folks that would be and interested. My, in just to let people know, my brother has been taking a more holistic approach to his health. Right, brother? And yes. uh, share a little bit, uh, you know, what's happened with their health. Because, you know, in a few recent years, he's had a, a health care, you know, a heart condition. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, tell, share a little bit, brother, as to what you've done since then. I had a heart attack uh, when I was 59 years old. It was, uh, I think it was November of um, 2019. And uh, <clears throat> I was working in law enforcement at the time. And so uh, I survived that. Uh, they put a stent in my heart and uh, recovered. And shortly thereafter, retired from law enforcement. Of course, I wasn't going to be the same after that. At least I didn't think I was going to be the same. They put me on statin medications, uh, blood pressure medication. I was on Prilosec for um, acid reflux. You know, it's just medications just start piling up. And I noticed that um, the medications were damaging me. They were, I was, I was feeling horrible. I was starting to have cramps, headaches, weakness. Uh, fatigue. Uh, There's just a number of things that were going on. And, and uh, when I started researching, looking up what was going on, they were all uh, side effects of medication, the, the particular medications I was taking. Mm. So I decided that I needed to take a closer look at this and, and figure out, okay, how can, how can I do better? Maybe there's a way I can do better with this. So I started learning and researching and talking to different people who are experts in the area. Um, And by changing my diet and taking certain, some supplements, uh, I was able to get off. uh, The first one I I came off of was the blood pressure medication. Mm. And you would think, oh, well, you know, off the blood pressure medication, your blood pressure is going to go sky high. But I was taking a supplement that helped to regulate my blood pressure. And it was natural, natural herbal supplement. 
and went to the doctor and they took a blood sample. My blood pressure was not only normal, but it was the blood pressure of a 20 year old mm. off the medication. So then I said, okay, next thing to, to deal with is a statin because a statin is statins are horrible for you folks. Absolutely horrible. Um, and I started working on ways to regulate um, what was alienating me or or alienating my body from the statins. And through my research and and starting, you know, for the change of diet and some supplementals, I was able to get off the statin medication. Uh, I recommend a book called The Cholesterol, Cholesterol Myth, by the way. This is just a side note because we'll get into the main subject here in a little bit. Um, <laughs> the cholesterol myth. It's a really good book. You'll learn about huh, how the medical establishment <clears throat> is uh, is behind the times when it comes to understand and understanding cholesterol. You mm. know, you actually need cholesterol for your brain. If you didn't have cholesterol, you'd die. You have to have cholesterol, otherwise you you, you wouldn't be able to function in your brain. Your brain wouldn't function. Mm. And if your cholesterol is up, then that means your 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 ability to remember things and so forth that's that's increased. And one of the things that's that's connected to the statin drugs, like prilosec, uh, not prilosec, um, uh, what was it I was taking? I can't remember the name of the drug now. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Lipitor, Lipitor is an is one mm. of them. Yeah, that's that's probably the most famous one is that they found a connection between those statin drugs and Alzheimer's. Oh, wow. Because they lower cholesterol. And when you lower cholesterol, you're in danger of of getting Alzheimer's disease. Cholesterol is not the problem. It's not what what causes the uh, plaque and the heart attack and all that. It's the big problem is sugar. Mm-hmm. Taking away, taking away a lot of the sugar, but you got to read the book. It's written by an MD, a medical, actually a cardiologist, wrote the book along with a uh, a nutritionist. Together, they wrote that book. Oh wow! And and they cite the studies. There 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 are about fifty different studies, scientific, double blind, uh, peer reviewed studies uh, that show all of this information. But the problem is, is that the, the medical, you know, MDs are behind the times when it comes to that. Mm. But but here's the, so I got off that. The next thing was the Prilosec. I, get, I want to get off the Prilosec because Prilosec, the problem with it is it, it, it'll damage your liver over time. Yeah. And also it lowers the, uh, the strong acid in your stomach, which affects your digestion of the food, which means you don't get the, the amount of nutrition that you're able to um, extract from the food as it's going through your digestive system is limited. Mm. So I, I found out that you needed um, calcium. There's a calcium deficiency. And you need salt. Salt, the calcium would deliver the salt to the, the digestive system. The salt, uh, I can't remember what it produces, but it, it ends up producing a different substance 
that is used to build up the strong gas in the stomach, and it helps. It and it, the, the digestion of the food, you you're able to gain more nutrients out of the food in doing that. Now, when you build the strong acid in the stomach, stomach it it uh, depletes the weak acid in the stomach, mm, and it okay. is the it's the weak acid in the stomach that causes the reflux that goes up into your esophagus and, and you know burns your throat and it makes you feel horrible. Oh yeah. Well, since I've been increasing the calcium and salting my food, you say, "Oh, salting your food after a heart attack? It's horrible." No, it's not, folks. You got we got to get away from the myths. The salt's not the problem. You need salt. Why, why do football players take salt tablets? Because when they're sweating, they're sweating out the salt, and they're depleting of salt. If you don't have enough salt, you're going to end up in the hospital. <laughs> but, the, but the point is, is that, you know, the body knows how to balance. God designed the body to be able to balance all the chemicals perfectly. And it's, it's a thing that, God did for the body, and the, it's a thing that the body does, and we can't figure it out. The body is designed that way, and you just let the body do what God designed it to do. So anyway, I was able to get off the Prilosec. Since I came off the Prilosec, and I'm able to gain more nutrients out of the food, and I've changed my diet, uh, and I got rid of the of 12 bad foods, Um my the fat has been coming off of my midsection. My endurance is better. I'm getting stronger. I'm start I'm starting to feel younger than my age. And um it seems like my body is regenerating itself. You know, your cells regenerate. You don't you don't have the same cells that you had a year ago. They have died off and regenerated died off and regenerated this is what keeps the body going it's a regeneration of cells new cells coming in all the time well as new cells come in and you're and you're and you're eating right and you're taking the supplements and you're doing everything you need to do to take care of your health what happens is the new cells coming in they begin to heal the body and and the body is able to heal itself yeah, but what what has happened is we've bought into a system of medication, or a system of, of medicine, I should say, that is heavily dependent upon pharmaceutical medications. These synthetic medications are made by the pharmaceutical companies. And you think, well, why why can't the MDs figure this out? I mean, they're MDs; they're smarter than us. Well, follow the money trail, folks. They're they're tied in with the pharmaceuticals and it's all about making money. Now, if you look at a neuropathic doctor who goes through, by the way, goes through four years of pre-med and then goes through, uh, I think three, two or three years of a neuropathic after pre-med going into neuropathic medicine which is which is a another form of medication medicine another form of medical practice. Uh, they're experts on nutrition, experts on how the body functions, and experts on helping you to heal the body through natural means. Mm. Now everybody thinks that the MD is the the go all, and and uh, anybody else is just uh, quacks, right? Right. That's not, that's not true. MDs are one aspect of medication only. Uh, 
And where the MDs are, where they shine is in a triage. If I get a gunshot wound, I don't want to go to a chiropractor or a neuropathic doctor to get, get the gunshot wound taken care of. I want to go to an MD because the MD is the expert on dealing with traumatic injuries. But that's where it ends. The expert on disease and on present, pre prevention of disease and on healing of the body is a neuropathic doctor, the ND. Uh, people haven't heard of these folks. But if you go into Rise Up into Health, you'll learn all about this. And so um, the ND, uh, you know, he talks about the, the, the ND that's on there. He talks about God's design for the body and how God heals the body, designed the body to heal. And so they understand that the body is a created design that's designed to be able to heal itself when it gets the nutrients that it, that it requires. Mm. And uh, it'd be nice for the church to discover this and to begin to heal ourselves from a lot of this stuff that's going around without taking in poisons into our body that are designed to only target one thing, but they create three or four other different problems in the body and then it compounds. Yeah. Now you're taking another medication to, to, to negate the effects of that medication and another medication to, take, to negate the effects of the, that other medication. And pretty soon you're taking five or six pills a day. And the body is not designed to handle that much synthetic medication going in. What it's designed to do there's, is to, if, if you can take in the 60 different minerals that the body requires, and then there's two amino acids, there's some vitamins, I think about 19 different vitamins or something like that. Um, then you're able, you're able to give the body everything it needs and the body will begin to heal itself. And heart disease is, it goes away. Plaque begins to disappear because the, the body, on, it begins to reverse the process of creating plaque. Mm -hmm without a statin drug. Mm. And so um, just, just something to think about. I mean, you know, the scriptures tell us we need, we should be taking care of our bodies. And it just goes to the Testament that God designed our bodies in this way. Amen. Now, if you deny the existence of God, you probably go talk to an MD who says, Oh yeah, we need to, you know, we need to replace this and replace that part and this part in your body, and we need to give you a bunch of drugs because, you know, evolution didn't prepare us for this. <laughs> two different, two different mindsets, right? Absolutely. Um, but the reality is, when, when you when you allow the body to heal itself from all of the minerals and stuff, then then it works. So the problem is, is that is that we can eat all the vegetables we want and stuff, but but too much of the soil is depleted of these minerals. And the, the soil doesn't produce these minerals, neither does, does plants or anything else. The minerals have to be put into the soil. And it's put into the soil by fertilizer and, and things of this nature. So if you use the right kind of treatment for the soil, then the soil is replenished and you, and you begin to get the nutrients. 
problem is, is that in the farming that we do today, we, we destroy a lot of the soil with the pesticides and everything mm-hmm. else we right. spray on the plants to try to get rid of the bugs. Well, I understand that you don't want bugs eating up your plants, but what good are the plants if they're deple- depleted of nutrition? Yeah, absolutely. So you're just eating bulk, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So um, let me let me go through real quick, just a real quick thing. I'm going to bring it up on my phone here. Um, the uh, the 12 foods, just, just to throw it out there. Wheat, barley, rye, oats, corn, soy, meat with nitrates, you know, the meat, the cut meat you can buy in the packages in the store. Mm-hmm. Oil in a body or oil in a bottle that includes olive oil. Carbonated drinks with a meal. Meat cooked well done because if it's cooked well done, there's a carbon on it that's burnt carbon. Fried foods, fried foods are horrible. And baked skins of potatoes and uh, or yams, those are the 12 bad foods to avoid. Wow. They will damage your body. So much for carne asada and, uh, you know. <laughs> well, it kind of ruins that, doesn't it? <laughs> Gee, thanks, bro. <laughs> uh, California burrito, right? Thanks. Yeah, I was craving a California burrito here, but, you know. <laughs> uh, in and out burger. <laughs> I just, I'll just go buy a, a bite into celery or something. <laughs> Well, what what I've done is I've uh, if I have meat, I instead of frying it, I'll grill it, boil it, um, broil it, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not well done. Yeah, right. Medium rare, it's fine. Um, and then um, fish, the same thing. Cook it that way, and it's fine. Uh, I boil eggs instead of frying them, and I eat the boiled eggs. Um, and if I, I bread products gone out of my diet, man, that's hard. <laughs> mm, 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 <laughs> it's gone. Okay. You feel no your pain. None of that. Yeah. 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 And some, some certain vegetables, certain fruits, you know, I'll eat those, but I tell you, it, it has really just, I feel so much better. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing. You, you have a choice folks. You can choose one of these two choices. Live to eat or eat to live. Mm. Your choice. Good stuff, bro. Good stuff. Appreciate you sharing that. It's important. And it's important for the church as well. You know, a lot of times, I mean, if you look around, and especially here in the United States, with the ever-growing fat food industry, fat food, well, it is fat food, <laughs> fast food industry, um, you know, and, and the quicker meals, you know, the quicker you can get your hands on meals fast, you know, and especially for the, you know, working American, uh, you know, just get a quick bite to eat something fast, you know, and that's usually what, you know, has the most uh, uh, chemicals in it. You know, thanks, oh, yeah. you know, everything comes from a factory where everything's pre-cooked. You know, and, and they have to freeze it, keep it frozen until it gets to, you know, whatever the store is supposed to be so they can quick turn, you know, heat it up, put it in the oven, whatever, mm-hmm. and, and have it ready for you. Uh, but it's necessary for us. I don't think we put enough 
you know, emphasis into our health. And like you said, the body tells us to take care of our bodies. I mean, absolutely. The Lord, you know, is a sovereign. He knows when it's going to be our last breath in his earth, but we are to obey and heed to God's word that we are still, you know, supposed to take care of our bodies to the best we can. And a lot of the times, brother, it's hard to do the research. A lot of times people just don't want to do that, you know, don't want to look into these things. But, you know, having, I guess, a scare in life like you had, you know, with the uh, heart attack and, uh, you know, most definitely, I'm sure, brought it to your attention to where, like, especially after suffering the side effects of the medication, you were like, I don't want to feel like this. And it was the same thing with me, you know, with my high blood pressure and, you know, diabetes and all this stuff, you know, it's like, man, I really started looking into researching more what to avoid, what not to eat. And same thing, fried foods, bread, sodas, you know, a lot of the stuff is pretty much Mm -hmm. gone. I'll enjoy one here and there, you know, because, you know, I still like to enjoy those things, but I don't crave them as I used to. You know, and it makes a big difference. I still haven't gotten to the point where I'm getting rid of medication just just yet, but eventually I'll get there and, uh, you know, can't wait to do that, too. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear, brother. You know, you know, the studies have shown that um, there's really no no significant difference Mm -hmm. between between uh, someone taking a statin drug and someone not taking a statin drug. And the occurrence of heart attack, mm. there's it's the, the difference is insignificant. Mm. So statins really don't help that much. Yeah, when it comes to that, but they sure do give you a lot of problems with side effects. Absolutely right, right, man. And then this is according to the scientific, double-blind, peer-reviewed studies, folks. If you go into rise, rise uh, up in the health, he. he talks about those studies in that in that uh, website definitely check those out actually i'm gonna check them out myself so yeah well, thank yeah. you brother that was that was pretty cool i i mean i just folks <laughs> some of the times we do things on the fly and this was on the fly right brother <laughs> yeah, it was. by the way his name is dr glidden if you guys are listening okay having great a hard time finding it yeah but it should pop right up fantastic well, good brother, stuff bro so- so we started out talking about the queen. <laughs> we started talking about the queen and then we kind of yeah. hit her age and we were like, yes, uh, let's talk about yeah. age. <laughs> yeah. So that just kind of popped in my head. But, uh, but you know, uh, I was going to ask you, uh-huh. uh, today's the day they announced her death. Um, yeah. right. now, it's a, it, now, here's a question for the audience and I'm not going to answer it. You guys can answer it for yourself. Is today the day that she died? Or is today the day that they dis- that they chose to announce her death? Ah, good. She question. left. A, she left uh, Windsor Palace. Uh, what, twenty seventeen? Mm-hmm. And then was not really heard from. Right. And then today they announced her death. Yep. So you got to figure that one out. Figure it out. <laughs> I'm not going to sure. say I'm not going to say it anymore because uh if you just come out and say it people go oh yeah, this that and other but if you put it out then you go oh, figure that one out <laughs> then you make make people think so right yeah so anyway so uh what else is happening in the world brother cuz I was going to get into a little bit of bible prophecy tonight if you wanted to let's get into bible prophecy brother i don't have nothing a big headline that you know 
that we shouldn't necessarily cover. So okay. let's do Bible prophecy. So I thought maybe we could take uh, several podcasts over maybe the next month or so and, and mm-hmm. get into this subject. And uh, I've got down here my notes so far. Uh, scriptures dealing with timing statements. Scriptures dealing with heaven and earth. What is heaven and earth? Uh, scriptures dealing with heaven and earth per- um, perishing. Uh, scriptures dealing with world evan- evangelism. When was the world evangel? Has the world been evangelized? And if so, when? Mm-hmm. And then the, the next one is uh, there are scriptures that talk about the earth being eternal. Mm. So I thought we could get into some of that. And then some of this really gets into some good doctrine as well. But yeah. we, we'll jump in on this. Um, let, me, let me give Psalms 1, 1 and 2 real quick. Just as kind of a, a food for thought. Blesses the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. So just a reminder that if we meditate on the news, we're not really getting ourselves anywhere, but if we meditate on the word of God, we're cleansing our mind of all of the nonsense and garbage that's being thrown at us in the news. Um, <laughs> so prop, don't, don't pay attention to propaganda, pay, pay attention to God's truth. So how's that? Yep. Now, we'll, we can start in Matthew 24 and jump in anytime you want, brother, because you, you know a lot about this subject matter as well. Um, there's a statement in Matthew 24, and it says this, um, Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. And that's verse 34. Verse 35 says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And so what I figured we could do is spend a few weeks and really kind of develop the theme of those two verses. Mm, Sounds good. Now, Matthew 24 is what's called the Olivet Discourse. It's also in Luke 21 and Mark 13. Mm -hmm. And all of the discourse is, is the, the uh, passage that talks about the signs of the end and so forth. You know, everybody uses this one to, to say that we're in the end times and we're seeing the signs of the end times. And, the, you know, Scripture says that when we see these signs, we're, we're in the end days. And so, therefore, this is the last generation. And, and there's going to be a rapture and it's going to occur within our lifetime. And, you know, you hear all this kind of stuff, right? Right. Well, what, what I'm going to do is I want to go into Scripture and develop Scripture, when it, develop what Scripture tells us <laughs> concerning all of that, and try to follow the biblical line and not, not try to force the Scripture to, um, to uh, abide by our preconceived ideas when it comes to Bible prophecy. How's that? That sounds good. So, verse 34 is what's called a timing statement. It's it's saying that uh, a gen, there's a particular generation that would not pass to all the things that are mentioned before verse 34 would be fulfilled. And all the things that are mentioned before verse 34 were the signs of the times, right? For the for for the end times. Mm-hmm. Right. So we'll just put it that way. And folks, if you want to get all that, just go read chapter 24 
right, of Matthew 24. That is true. So let's look at some timing statements. <clears throat> okay, so let's just go through and, and just go through a bunch of timing statements and see how they work, all right? So the first thing is this generation. Brother, what does this generation mean? This generation means that you're talking to a specific group of people within a certain amount of years, talking in generation. I believe generation was uh, 40 years, right? Biblically, that would be correct. Biblically, uh, I would be 40 years. So in this uh, context, it was talking to the believers during that generation uh, where Matthew 24 was uh, taking place. Why couldn't this generation refer to our generation? Because we would see a bunch of really, 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 really old and wrinkly people around, walking around. Pretty wrinkly? Like, super wrinkly. Like, like, like about 2,000 years old? Maybe like prunes, you know? Or, <laughs> yeah, like 2,000-some years old. Yeah, that's, and that's, a that's a diet plan right there. And then we <laughs> would really believe in aliens. <laughs> well, I hadn't ruled that one out, but anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, this so um, <laughs> that's another subject. <laughs> so, so if he's saying this generation, so he was he said the words this generation uh, when he was talking to his uh, apostles, his disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he was still, while Christ was still walking the earth, right? Yeah, that's correct. That was that was in the first century A.D. So, if he's saying that to his disciples in that first century, then it would seem to indicate that that was meant to say that they, his disciples, would not pass. His, their generation would not pass until all the things would be fulfilled. But does that seem accurate to you, brother? Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Because it's, it's, he was making a general statement by saying this generation, but he was talking directly to his disciples. Like oh, scripture. Was, oh, go ahead, brother. No, I was just saying he was generalizing, you know, basically everything in your surrounding here, you know, but talking directly to the disciples. That's what he was saying when he was talking about this generation. So, so in other words, the Bible is written to them. Absolutely. The the words that were spoken were to them. Yes. Not to us. Right. Now, that scares people. Oh, absolutely. But, but they were for us in that they edify us. They benefit us when we read them. When we, So they, they are designed to teach us as well, but they were written to them, to that first century generation. Absolutely. So we're correct. reading. So we're reading someone else's mail. Yes, we are reading somebody else's mail with the permission of the writer of the letter. Oh yes. Yeah. Let's look at Luke twenty one thirty two, and this is uh, the Luke portion of the of the Olivet discourse. And let's see if it says anything similar. So Luke twenty one thirty two. <clears throat> For these, let's see, no, where am I? Oh, but whoa, no, that's not it. What did I say? Luke 21, 32, I'm in 22. 
Yeah, 32. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven And next verse, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. So the same as Matthew, right? That is correct. So, so let's look at the other passage of all of this course, Mark 13, 30. <clears throat> And Mark 13.30 states, where are we? Okay. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these these things be done. Heaven and earth shall not pass away. I'm, I'm sorry. Heaven and earth will, shall pass away, but my word shall not pass. So basically all three passages are telling us the same thing. Yes. Those three that, writers heard it the same way. Right. And so that generation that yes. Christ was talking to when he was walking the earth would not pass away until all of those things and all of the discourse would be fulfilled, the signs of the times. Yes, that'd be correct. Okay. Let's look at Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. It's another timing statement. <clears throat> <clears throat> the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God, <coughs> excuse me, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. So the term uh, things which must shortly come to pass. Now, could you explain, brother, what does he mean by shortly there? Like, Coming soon, like it's about to happen, take place. It's talking about within a certain period of time, not of extremely long future time, but because the statements made in those three books said this generation, uh, we're looking, you know, within a few years happening. According right. to, you know, the way this is interpreted shortly. Oh, so if it was a generation, 40 years, right? 40 years, correct. Yeah. So um, so what about where, where it says that uh, a day is as of a thousand years and a thousand years as a day to the Lord? That means God is outside time. Ooh. That means God is not bound by time. Yeah, that's talking about the eternality of God, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's not saying it's not given a a formula for for uh, timing of uh, in times or anything like that. It's not doing that. No. Now, if that if that if it were, then couldn't the end times last for a thousand years? Oh yeah, absolutely. Then we will be talking a completely. It probably wouldn't save this generation. But within a thousand years, you're going to see, right? Something like right. that. So if it, if a day is a if a day equaled a thousand years, and we're talking about seasons of time when it comes mm -hmm. to end day, end times, and let's say uh, the season of the time arrived a year earlier, and 365 days went by, and then the uh, apocalypse and 666 and the, all of the boogeyman of the you know, the Antichrist and all this kind of stuff that people talk about today, all of a sudden it hit on the 365th day. All right. So if a day is a thousand years, that means it would be 365,000 years 
before the end. Yep. I mean, now we're getting into, yeah, brother. So, you know, we would fall under uh, something like Big Bang type of talk and stuff (laughs) because, you know, then we're falling into category of the hundred thousands of years. (laughs) Millions of years of development. Yeah. (laughs) So. So that means we got a problem with with that so the internality of God is really what it means. It's talking about God being outside of time, that he is not bound by time. Mm-hmm. That's what that passage means. Yep. Right. So soon means soon, or shortly means shortly. Yes. Okay, so let's look at another passage. Revelation chapter 22 and verse... Um, where am I? 22 verse 20. He which testifies these things says, surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. Now that word quickly, brother, does that mean that Jesus does zero to a hundred and zero seconds? (laughs) He can if he wants to. <laughs> but according to the definition of what quickly means, it's uh, speedily, with haste or celerity, soon, without delay, quick, rapidly, with speed. Which means that he would not delay. Absolutely. He will It'd not delay. It's going to be. It's happening. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So that doesn't mean zero to 100, right? No. <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> not, not the rate of speed. It, right. It's, it's that he would come soon. It, it, that he is would, correct. Get, he'd get right on it. Right. Yeah. Like when I tell my wife, I'm going to get right on it. And I don't want her to be mad at me because I didn't get right on it. <laughs> right. Right. Which is yeah, not going to happen at the speed of light, right? But you're going right. to get to it. <laughs> you're on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So some people are having heart attacks right now. So just, just hang on. <laughs> it'll, it'll be okay. We'll, we'll survive this. Um, you, you just text me and told me to log back in, brother. <laughs> it takes a while for it to get better. It's coming all across the country. I'm just saying. Hey, <laughs> hey this, this is what happens when you move out, out there to the boonies, you know? <laughs> so Hebrews chapter one. Mm-hmm. There's a very interesting statement here. Well, I'll read verses one and two. All right. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by, by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Now, our focus is on the term these last days in verse two. What does that mean, brother? I thought the last days were supposed to be in our generation. Why does he say these last days when he was writing that in the first century? Because as as we look back to all three books, Matthew, uh, Luke, and Mark, uh, talking about 
that generation talking about certain events that were taking place. This verse is actually talking about those days, what which scripturally are called last days before the last days when these events are taking place. Now, based upon basically the theme of the book of Hebrews and those first two verses, mm-hmm. what was it referring to when it was talking about those last days? I mean, um, what is the theme of the book of Hebrews and what are those two verses talking about? Ooh, I love this because uh, we went to a big study, my brother and I. He taught us the book of Hebrews. And the biggest, you know, a, a point or lecture of Hebrews is we're talking about the end of the old covenant, which was the physical temple and the coming of the new covenant, which is a spiritual temple. That is with men. And that's the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, right? That is correct. So these last days, the last days he's referring to would be the last days of the old covenant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that would make sense, right? Absolutely. All right. So let's take a look at uh, Matthew 16, 28. Take me a moment to get there. Matthew 16, 28. <clears throat> this is going to be a fun study, folks. So it, it, let your friends know we're in we're in prophecy. <laughs> Don't tell them what it's about. Just tell them, hey, they're doing prophecy. You should listen to this podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, 16, verse 28. Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. Now he was saying this to his disciples uh, when he was teaching them. Uh, Verse 22 says, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him saying, be far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. He's talking about his his death, right? That is correct. But he turned to Peter and he, he rebuked him said, get behind me, Satan. We know that passage. And then Jesus said unto the disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me and so forth. And it goes on down in that theme down to verse 28, which we just read. Because the last thing he said in that series, of those series of words was that there'd be some standing there which would not taste death until they saw the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, that... Help me out here, brother, because I'm I'm a little confused. Because uh, I thought we were in the la- we're in the last days, and we're supposed to see the Son of Man coming in this kingdom. I, I'm a little confused there. <laughs> Could that be referring to the Transfiguration? Ooh, you're bringing up a great question there. Maybe. Well, now the problem I'm having here is uh, he says some standing there. Would not taste that. So my question is, if that's the case, if it's it's a reference to the transfiguration, who died between the time he said these words and the transfiguration? <laughs> oh yeah. So we're getting into the goods now. Um, so here at this point, he's actually, you know, it's it's almost like prophesying what uh, what was spoken in prophecy. 
before his coming. And um, when we see here, when he's talking about some of you that they get standing here, obviously talking to his disciple, mm-hmm. uh, uh, meaning that they will get to see these things because they're still going to be alive when these things take place. And it's talking about uh, his own death, burial and resurrection and the coming when they see the coming of the son of man and his kingdom. And this is talking about the fulfillment of the new covenant. Right. Okay. And the other problem with, with the transfiguration is that he didn't come as his, in his kingdom at the transfiguration. That is correct. That was later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's still more things that need to be fulfilled at this point. Right. Go ahead, brother. Talk about and those. those are, again, uh, the timing statements. That's why it's very important to uh, not only, you know, look at the timing statements in, in scripture, but also look at the history of when these timing statement, statements were taking place, the events that took place. Because at this point, we're still, I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but we're going to see the destruction of the temple, which is key and very important in the fulfillment of uh, the new uh, covenant taking place. That, completely. Occurred, that occurred in 8070, right? That is correct. Right. And again, that's within that generation. Right. That does put that within that generation. Now, Mark, um, so where am I? Uh, no, Luton, chapter 9, verse 27. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death until they see the kingdom of God. So saying they would see the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So why are we still waiting for the kingdom of God if he said that the people living back there would see the kingdom of God coming into its fullness? Because we don't understand the context of the scripture, the context of uh, the culture uh, the, to whom he was speaking to. Again, we you made the statement of to whom was the Bible written to? Was it written to us? Well, no, it was written written to them that they were living during that time, during that generation, but it was written for our benefit in understanding what was taking place in that generation. All right. Thank you, brother. Now, one more statement on that. That's Mark chapter 9, verse 1. And he said unto them, verily I say unto you, that there be some of them that stand here, which shall not taste of death till they have seen the kingdom of God come with power. The statement's getting even stronger in this one. Mm, yes, it come is. With power. All right. Let's go to Matthew 26, 64. <clears throat> Matthew 26, 64. We'll try to get through this before our time runs out. So Jesus is standing before the Sanhedrin council and he's standing before the high priest Caiaphas. And he's, uh, it is after they have arrested him and he's going through his trials before they crucify him. Mm-hmm. And the high priest in, in verse uh, 63, it says that Christ held his peace as they're trying to ask him questions. And then the high priest answered and said to him, I adjure thee by the living God that you tell us whether you be the Christ, the Son of God. Here's how Jesus answered them. Jesus said to them, Thou hast said, nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter shall you 
see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Mm. So he he says, hey, Caiaphas, high priest, you're going to see me coming in power and coming in the clouds of of heaven and coming in the right hand of God in power. You, Sanhedrin Council, are going to see this. And so this was a pronouncement of judgment upon them. That he was going to be coming in judgment on them. Mm-hmm. Brother, how old do you think Caiaphas is today? Let's see. If that was an AD, uh, he'd be, man, he'd be an old fart. <laughs> A very, very old fart. Use my language, okay. folks. Yeah, yeah, you know, but uh, he'd be an old, old, very old guy walking around with a stick. Yeah. You know, I, uh-huh. it, it's just. I want to know his. I want to. I want to know his secret to long. Uh, you know what, bro? I was gonna say maybe we need to get that. Uh, what kind of uh, minerals is he taking? You know, because yeah. <laughs> must be more than sixty. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's say let's say that it's, it's a possible that he's not alive anymore. That's ninety nine point nine 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 nine. Actually, no, all the way to one hundred percent. All the one hundred percent. Okay. So there, there goes that idea. So, so how can we rectify this, brother? Well, we look. Uh, we have to look at the uh, context, the people to whom he's talking to, and again apply the last. This generation shall not pass. Right concept to this. Uh, again, why? Because. Jesus was talking, you know, the language that they understood. And prior to Jesus making the statement, there was quite a few coming in the clouds of heaven of God showing his power. And they knew about this power. They just didn't believe that Jesus was God. Therefore, they, you know, kind of blew him off like, okay, whatever. Yeah, you say that becoming in power. Oh, come on, bro. We just beat you up. You can even get out of that. But Jesus was not talking about a physical uh, uh, one-on-one, I'm taking you down. He's talking about glory. He's talking about spiritual judgment and physical as well. Because, again, once we come to the temple, we will see what happens at the destruction of the temple. So he's not talking about a UFC match between him and Caiaphas. No, he's not talking about UFC. I mean, which probably, you know, that would be interesting to see. You know, definitely. Pay-per-view. Pay pay <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the metaphors that are used in that type of language as we go along in the study. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. <clears throat> Revelation 2, verse 5. He, uh, Christ is talking to the church at Ephesus in this particular passage. And in verse 5, he says, Remember, therefore, from whence you, you, you are fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly. Mm. And will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou thou repent. <laughs> now, the people that are alive in Ephesus at that time, in whatever 
church or church house they were meeting in. Uh, do you think there's any possibility they're still around, brother? I highly, highly doubt it, bro. I mean, there's some churches that might resemble <laughs> <laughs> Ephesus. Yeah. Some cities that might resemble <laughs> Ephesus, but uh, no, they're not around. Sorry. But I noticed that word quickly is in there again. Quickly is right there, which when we so, looked at a definition, I mean, it means pretty fast, you know, speed, you know, like happening soon. Like, yeah. Quarter mile record, record maybe down the maybe, track. Maybe, maybe. Quarter mile record. Yeah. 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 The, 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 the acceleration, torque, all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all, of the, all of the above. He's <laughs> being facetious, folks. <laughs> Obviously, it means soon. He would take care of it, you know, lickety split, right? That is correct. All right. So we, so we kind of established the terminology of quickly. Now, Revelation 3 3. Talking to the church at Sardis. Once again, a church that existed 2,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard and held fast and repent. If, therefore, thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. Mm-hmm. Hmm. A thief, and would not know the hour he would come upon him. Mm-hmm. Where we we where where have we heard that kind of language before? I'm, I'm I got to place that and see where is that, brother? In many many places. Coming as a thief. Then like is he thief in the night? About, yeah, yeah. I thought he said something about that. And we heard yeah. it. He's coming like a thief in the night. We shall be prepared, right? Mm-hmm. And and he was telling that church that existed back then that he would do that. Yes. And we think it means us today. Man, I'm telling you what, I'm starting to go into crisis mode here. So if he's coming as a thief in the night, if he told him that then, and that is for us too, he's a very bad thief. Or he's just taking his sweet, sweet time. (laughs) He's the slowest thief in history. He's the slowest thief (laughs) in history. Let's go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, he comes with clouds. There's that cloud reference oh. again, but we'll mm. get into we'll 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 define clouds as we continue in the study in an, an, another podcast. And they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall uh, wail because of him. Even so, Amen. Did I did I read that right? Yeah. Every eye shall see him. I'm sorry. He'll come in the come with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. Now, who pierced him? That be those uh, Romans, those Romans and Jews that hated him and wanted him crucified. You, you mean the the uh, Rome, the new the the revised Roman Empire, like the European Union type of Roman Empire? They, they people would like to think that, but we're talking about two thousand years ago, Roman. Empire. Uh, oh, the, the first one, Jews, the real one, the first one, the OG, the original, oh, the, the OG, <laughs> the original gangster, gangsters, <laughs> you know, plural. <laughs> the O R E, the original Roman Empire, the original Roman Empire. That is correct. Yes, no, okay. cannot be the the new Union 
we have well, going I'm, on I'm here. Really, I'm really starting to scratch my head here, brother. He says, and all kindreds of the earth shall well because of him, even so. So so are we saying this this would occur in the first century? That'd be, uh, yes, that is correct. First century generation. I don't know what to do with that. How, how are we going to get out of this, brother? We put ourselves into a, a conundrum here. Well, uh, if everybody logs into next week's podcast, they'll find out. <laughs> That's a good promo. All right. Last one. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last day. So we're talking about the last days, right? Uh-huh. Right. Thank God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Now, the verse before it says this, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. The this that he's talking about is everything he said before that. This is Peter preaching a sermon mm -hmm. on the day of Pentecost. And he's telling them everything that's happening at their at that time. That's that, this, this transition from the old covenant to the new covenant. He's talking about that. He's talking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That is correct. Then he's talking about salvation through Christ. And then he, he, he says it's a fulfillment of the prophet Joel. And then the very next verse, he talks about the last days. Mm -hmm. It shall come to pass in the last days. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath and blood and fire and vapor and of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and so forth, so on. We'll get into what all that means in, in a subsequent podcast. But is he saying here that they're about to see the last days? Yes, he is saying that. He's talking again. He's talking about what the prophet uh, Joel had prophesied about in future coming to him when he wrote that or we spoke of that. But it was to that generation there that they're repeating what the prophet Joel has said, which applied to that generation. Because the prophet uh, Joel was talking about the future of the coming, right? Which right. is right here in this generation that they're actually applying to now. So, so that this right there is talking about those last days during that generation. So could this be the reason that the writer of the book of Hebrews referred in verse 2 of chapter 1 to these last days? Yes, sir. Hmm. Yes, sir. And he was doing that while he was brewing beer. Sorry, I had to throw that one in there. Hebrews, you know, he was brewing, you know. Okay, never mind. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm supposed oh, to tell brew, sorry, or oh, brew coffee. He brews, right? I think I'm out of work now. <laughs> I'm supposed to tell the corny jokes, brother. I, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I think I just got uh, fired. <laughs> I, 
I spent too much time with you, you know, years yeah. back. So, bro, I'm I rubbing you're, off. You're rubbed okay. off on me. I got you. I got you. I a lot of All bad, right. like, so. bad jokes. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so man. So, I guess we got a problem here, huh? I mean, it's because we, we, geez, big we problem. I guess we're going to have to figure this out in a future podcast, huh? Bro, we're going to have to get into it and explain it a little bit more in detail and yeah. maybe define some terms and, you know, that kind of stuff. Because yeah, this is going to hit people upside the head and they're going to go, what? Do you expect me to deny or expect me to look at things differently than what I've been taught or what I've been believing? And the answer to that question is yes. You're going to have to do a little bit more thinking, a little bit more studying. Mm-hmm. And when you're challenged, like both my brother and I were uh, regarding the last days, uh, we have to put down our pride. We have to humble ourselves and we have to face these things because it's going to get good. And by the way, the, these what we're about to go through is, is something that was believed by many prominent theologians in the church all the way up until about the 19th century. Yes. And, uh, and that's when John Darby came along. Mm-hmm. Um, Augustine and others, many, many great theologians um, were of this mindset when it comes to eschatology that mm-hmm. we're about to go through. Oh, yeah. Um, and then everything changed about the 19th century with John Darby and then Schofield and on down the line we go. Mm-hmm. So, so the problem is it's a, we're dealing with a huge paradigm shift because even I, I read the, the Left Behind series, brother. I mean, I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. those books. They were well-written, very entertaining. But I came to not agree with the uh, their version of the end times. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, people have read the Left Behind series. They've read, uh, um, they've held, read Hal Lindsey. They've watched the uh, Camp Can, Can uh, the Kirk Cameron, um, you know, end times movies. Mm-hmm. Um, these things are very prominent and, and a, a particular version of eschatology has really permeate, permeated uh, the church today. Mm-hmm. Um, spe- specifically, spe- especially in America. Yeah. Um, it's not as prominent outside of, of America, but in America, it, this is a really a primary uh, belief of, um, of, of, uh, you know, we're in the last days and then these things and all the discourse are going to, we'll, we'll see them and we're the one, we're going to see a rapture. We're going to see a triple H. We're going to see mm-hmm. a thousand year uh, millennium and all of this. Um, they're very prominent. Oh yeah, so, absolutely. People so still waiting. People still looking forward to that. <clears throat> yeah. So we're up against a pretty tough, pretty tough, uh, thing to do here to, to uh, absolutely but guess what we like it yeah right <laughs> we're yeah. up for it <laughs> so i so i guess the last word I, I would mention is this is that um there is hope for the future amen uh apocalypse and armageddon and all that is not inevitable as many of us would as many have believed i i believed at one time and that the uh, God is at work still, and God has not forgotten his church. He has not forgotten his people, and he will not leave his people. Amen. And the church will prevail because the the, the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against the church. 
Praise the Lord, brother. Other than that, close us out. I mean, you're right there. So we'll leave on a cliffhanger. Come back next oh, yeah. week. Well, folks, thanks for listening, and uh, I hope this is beneficial for you. And remember, keep your mind sharp and heart pure. We'll see you next podcast. And we'll catch you on that preterist flip side. <laughs> God bless you all. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. We hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, We wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives that uh, they put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God. And uh, in return, they help us as well and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So we want to especially thank them. I also want to thank uh, our church, uh, friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to encourage, be encouraged about. I want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us, and uh, it's a blessing to them in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. That we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you. 